0: Mental health, check in with Come on and check it with me. Mental health, check-in Come on and check it with, me. with me.
1: Come on and check it with me. Mental health, check it with Come on and check it with me. Come on and check it with me. Mental health, check it with me. What's up? What's up? Just yeah. waiting for my homie. What's going on? What's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, brother. How's everything?
0: I'm good. Just waiting on my friend to give a...
1: What's crazy is I've never done Instagram live before, so this is my first time, so this is going to be... Oh,
0: wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) this. What's up, Barbara? Okay, there you go right there. Yeah, I'm gonna start soon because I know everybody gonna start go I'm gonna have this talk about mental health, you know, everything. Hey, there you go.
1: Carter. What's, what's up? up? Hey,
0: how you doing? What's going on? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. This is Carter. Um, so glad to have you here. So glad to have both of you guys here. How do you say your name? Doctor Carell, right? Carol. Carol? Oh okay, Carol. Dr. Carol. Yeah. <coughs> You just keep it brown. That's cool. Okay. Say it again? Dr. Brown? Right. There we go. Got you. So, um, we'll start now. Um, welcome, everybody, to um, Mental Health Check-In with Talik. You know, I um, just want to state that we're, we are not mental health professionals. I'm, you know, um, we're going to have a conversation about mental health. You know, the stigma around it, especially surrounding men. I have today to my right, um, Carter. And I had to, I left um, Dr. Brown. So we're just going to have a conversation about mental health. You know, glad that you guys are tuning in and joining us. And we're just going to get started. Um, my first question that I always ask people when they come on here, and I feel like a lot of people don't ask this in life, you know, um, how's your mental health? You know, I'll start. You know, my mental health today has been like fucked up all over the place and stuff like that. You know, I suffer from PTSD, borderline personality disorder and depression. So it's just been up and down all day, you know? So I'll start with Carter. How's your mental health today, bro?
2: Man, uh, my mental health is, I'm I'm doing okay, I'm alive. I'm not going to say today was great per se, but I I can definitely um, count many blessings, you know, as far as being alive and being able to be healthy and breathe Uh, mental health. I, today was a, a little bit of a long day, it was a little stressful overall. Um, yeah, man, I'm glad to even be here, to even talk about a, a subject and a topic like this, um, because it's not—it's in the climate that we are in today, with so much going on. It's not talked about enough, especially among men.
0: So,
1: yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, man. Thank you, um, Dr. Brown. How's your mental health today? Uh it's—it's it's good. Um, you know, I definitely. I try to practice specifically, uh, I try to be intentional in regards to focusing on it on a daily. And that's doing something for myself. All right. And that's in alignment with my mental health. So whether that's, you know, one of my uh, self-cares, I like to cook. Um, So whether that's, you know, I work from home right now. So, um, you know, I decided to get up and cook my lunch, uh, cook my wife lunch. You know what I mean? Like different things that... uh, keeps me in alignment with my purpose, um, and it allows me to stay grounded, I think, is, is big for me. So today, is, it's good.
0: I'm good, man. That's good. Um, that's good, yeah. I'm glad that y'all are able to check in. You know, I just wish people out there, you know, just check on your friends, guys, you know, strong ones, <laughs> ones says not strong, you know, check on them, you know. A simple question goes far away, just how, how are you, you know, how's your mental health, you know, how how have you been? It goes a long way to possibly, you know, help somebody and save their life or make them feel good. Um, my next question um for you guys, um, and I'll answer it first, you know means, you know, um, it means a lot, you know, I guess because I struggle with it a lot, you know, you know, grief, you know, as you know, everybody knows on my platform that I was sexually abused by two of my cousins, you know, that messes with your mental health, you know, messes with your self esteem um you know it also mess with my ability to um trust men to be cool with a lot of guys and stuff like that you know because I'm thinking about what my cousins did to me so it messes me up a lot so mental health means a lot to me I feel like if I could tell my story or I could help somebody else that it would help them you know a lot of men don't speak up black men especially don't speak up about sexual abuse or just depression you know in a black household it's like you know, you can't speak about it, Sean upon, you know, just whatever you go through, just keep it to yourself, you know. And I just wanna break that stigma and just keep fighting for people that just don't want to speak up, that can't speak up, you know. So, um let's we'll start
1: start with Dr. Brown. What does mental health mean what you to mean to you? What does mental health mean to me? Yes. Um, I think that's interesting because over time, uh, as I think James Baldwin said it best, the more educated you become in this world, the more um Angry you become, right? And so I look at it as the more educated we become in regards to your mental health, you don't necessarily be, become angry, I don't think, but I, I like to think you become more aware, right? You become more self aware. Uh, that's that bit of emotional intelligence where you're aware of yourself in certain surroundings and certain situations and certain, certain triggers that may, um, you know, relit that emotional flame that. That you kind of have been working on to help help you grow through the situation not just go through the situation and that's what a lot of these things are and i think um just being black in a a black man in america you're exposed to so many different things from music to tv hell even cartoons right they depict some form that can re-trigger that trauma that traumatic episode within and so um I think it's it's important to, you know, the generations before us, our parents kind of looked at the topic as very taboo, right? Well, we don't talk about it. We just pray about it, right? Uh, yeah. But nowadays it's starting to become more um, normalized and it's becoming part of the conversation to address it and to work yeah. through it. And so now it's even becoming normalized to, to say like, hey, yeah, I suffer from some mental health stuff. And you're not looked at as like oh this person's a weirdo or anything like that right yeah. and so it's like hey let me check in on my friend you know and so i think it's it's growing um uh, but there's still more work to be done yeah.
0: gotcha. wait on me yeah wait on you yeah i'm
2: up band bro <laughs> And not. Um man, no, yeah. Just to piggyback off of what he said, my uh answer is actually very similar. So the greatest thing about I think our generation and millennials is that a lot of things we brought to the forefront and made it okay. So the greatest thing about our generation is we were here, you know, before the you know, the internet, before these high tech cell phones, before social media. So we got to see it before and after. So much like that with mental health, we were a part of the generation where we weren't supposed to talk about it and we were supposed to pray about it or we weren't supposed to go to therapy because that's for white people. Um, So in my opinion, the the beauty, it, it means a lot to me because there's so much beauty in it because we, our generation brought this to the forefront to say it's okay. And a lot of things that put us in a depressive state or a state of, you know, Having issues or mental health issues, you know, it was more nowadays. It's like, oh, really, you too? You know, you too, like a Me Too movement because we've made it okay. So I think it's something that is great. It's, mon- it's monumental. We, we're changing the narrative um, of our community, of community for our children or, you know, just different people around us. So it, it means a lot.
0: Thank you. Um... Thank you for that. Um, and I want to get into, like, um, stigma, yo. Like, stigma is, like, crazy that, you know, men, it's, like, it, it's so sad that men are not allowed to be depressed, cry, or just have any type of feelings. And we, we get judged for, like, being weak. You know, be- I'm a firm believer, and, like, I told um, one of my friends, I was like, I'm a firm believer. If you have to, like, if you got to get yourself together, you got to make sure yourself is good. Before you can make sure your family is good and stuff. Like, one of my friends had to go away and everything, mental health reasons, you know, just lost his dad. And I told myself, you gotta make sure you're good to make sure your family is good. And like, what do you guys say about, sti- what do y'all think about the stigma that's surrounding, like, mental health, especially men? You know, like, we can't be vulnerable. They say we can't be weak. We can't cry. We can't be depressed. Like, what do you guys um, think about that? And I'll start with Carter, then go to Dr. Brown.
2: Yes. Um... I actually speak on this a lot amongst my friends um because a lot of us are married children, you know trying to um, maintain a household and a family, and not to take anything away from people who do not have children or are not married um, but from the the place that I want to speak about is uh specifically that um because as a man, we have the the our society has created this thing about men and what strength looks like looks like amongst men, um, specifically black men. And not that it's just a black and white issue, but at the end of the day, there's things that Caucasian men can do that black men can't do. There's there's things that Caucasian men, you know, any type of things that could be considered weak that we just can't do. Um, and I think there are things that we can do amongst ourselves that can kind of change that stigma, change that. Um and in my group of friends and amongst my peers, like we, we cries. <laughs> we cries. That's you know that's whatever. it's something beautiful, if it's something like we had a bad day. When we have our when we have our guys' nights, we try to do our guys nights once uh, once a month. Like it's literally we have games and at the end of the night we bring out a cup and have questions in a cup and we just pull them things out and we go around the room and have conversation and pretty much we just need more conversation. We need more, we need less judgment and more conversation because I think if we learn to be as he, you know, as Dr. Brown said, be more intentional about the way we react to these things. Because a lot of times black men, or either, even in our community, we we talk about this and it's like, we have an issue with this, but we're not willing to do something about it to change that stigma. And I think because that's something that we've been taught, you know, from, you know, when we were kids, but I think com- having conversation and changing the way, you know, we, we love and we, you know, we friend the way we love, the way we brother, the way we, you know, parent our children. I just think the stigma centered around mental health. Yes, it's becoming more to the forefront, but we have to be more intentional about the way that we handle it and that we, we deal with it. And so, yeah, I definitely I promote that in my life. My friends and I, we promote that amongst our circle. So, yeah, we don't we don't play that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the answer I like the answer um got go
2: ahead.
1: um I think first, I applaud you. I think that that's awesome that uh you and your friends create that 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 space for um that safe space right It's always good to have a safe space to be transparent, right because even as a man, we our guards are up, and so. You know, when you're in a space where you can be comfortable, you get you you get a lot of opportunities to be yourself. Uh, You'd be authentic to to who you are. And so I think that that's that's very refreshing to hear that 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 you guys are doing that. Um, um, To answer your question, um, stigma. Okay, so I'm gonna try not to be preachy. I think uh, (laughs) I think it's uh, it's very interesting. Right. And so these things are passed down right? They're intergenerational, right? It's uh, um, these ideas of how men are supposed to be, right? I I like to talk about, you know, there's toxic masculinity, but then I like to say that there's toxic black masculinity, right? And so if you look at it is, and like how, um, you know, the brother talked about um, being black is different, you know, when looking at that toxic black uh, masculinity and how we have to operate, you know, for some men, they can't even look at the, the other in the eye, right? And it's dropping that. Um, and, and when we look at, when we look at that, uh, I did some research in regards to, this is when I was an undergrad years ago, um, the psychological impacts of slavery on the black male, on the black male and, and specifically the black family. Right. And so when we look at what was happening to the black male, right, he was, um, he was pulled from his family. He was mutilated in front of his family and things like that. And so after that ended, there was never a healing process, right? It was just like, all right, it's over. Peace out, <laughs> right? And there was never like, hey, let's sit down and talk about what happened. It was just like, you know, like even within the family today, you look in some families, something happened. You got cousin Ray Ray been doing some stuff nobody wants to address it nobody wants to have the conversation we're like oh we don't talk about these things right and so it's that it's that layer of being of hiding you know your issues amongst each other and and, and putting on this mask of who we are and um how society projects us to be right and instead of reclaiming that identity and i think you see a lot of that right now um, a lot of men are, and you see a lot of black men are getting involved in therapy um, and and in um, this field, the mental health field to where we're trying to rechange and re-grasp a hold of the narrative to change that whole dynamic uh, within our community so that our sons and daughters don't continue this um, because we are the framework, right? If you look at the framework of the family, and what upholds and, and, and maintains the family? We're the leaders of that, right? And so, if we're not hel- if we're not healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, um, then the family suffers, and the community suffers. And so, if we continue on with that toxic black masculinity, um, and afraid, and allowing ourselves to fall to succumb to the stereotype of what it is in regards to dealing with going to therapy, then the whole community suffers as well. That's true. It's, yes. I don't, it's
0: that's so true, man. What you just said was so so true. Um, I wanted to share something. Um it's like it's like like we said with the whole, you know, stigma within the black men community. It's like certain stuff that you, you know, that you can't do. Like I know like one of my friends is one of my friends is white I had like a whole panic attack, right? Um, you know, I had lost my mom two years ago. And I think on the year anniversary, I just was like, <coughs> damn, I was just whatever, you know? Like I had a panic attack, my friend came and helped me. It was like, you know, calm me down and everything. But I, it was sad because I'm like, I don't know any black brothers that would have did that. You know what I'm saying? Because if I they would have did that, you know, thought it was gay, they would have thought it was like wrong. Like we don't do that and stuff like that. So like, I agree with you saying, you know? I wish I had, you know, that in my life, but you know, I'm working on my own trauma, you know, do better and everything. So, um, my next subject that we're gonna go into is um, suicide. I just want to reach out to say out there to anybody anybody that's struggling with thoughts of suicide or going through suicide, they have a suicide prevention hotline at 1 800 273 8255. You know, anybody that's going through it, or if you're going through it, just call that number. That somebody's there to talk to you. Um, I'm gonna certify specialist for Naomi bucks county they had plenty of online support groups monday through friday um, i'll drop that in the comments after this um but i just want to talk about suicide we want going to talk about um something that just happened Regina king's son committed suicide a young black man um with i have a question let's just talk about suicide you know we'll start with dr brown carter let's just talk about suicide you know within men and in the black community
1: um, I mean, it's, it's sad. I mean, I don't know much of the story in regards to that. I know, um, I believe from what I saw, she hasn't been doing much speaking uh, about it, but I believe I, I saw something where Vivica Fox talked about how yeah. she, she's working through it. Um, she appreciates the prayers and things like that. And I think in regards to that, it it's just when things get too heavy, for people and they feel like there's no other like they are an inconvenience it's just um that they have no other solutions when in actuality there are solutions right and it's and when you find or have someone or you know people that are suffering through that the biggest thing is to not be judgmental or you know the old old school way was oh you know you're not going to do nothing like that like crazy like you take these. Yeah. um especially in today's time you know it's 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 happening a lot more often, um, especially an increase in drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and things like that. And so the biggest mm-hmm. thing is when, you know, you have people and you notice your friends, you know, I'm really big on um, paying attention to body language and, and behaviors. We're creatures of habit, right? So if I notice something's completely off with, you know, a friend or an associate, you know, I'm quick to check in and say, you know, hey, what's going on? I'm noticing yeah. some you're moving different, right? And that's that's also part of being a black man. Like you pay attention to people's movements, right? And so it's like, whoa, hold on, you're moving different. What's going on with you? You know, and like, hey, let's talk. Let's talk about it, right? And then sometimes you got to push them into that, uh, you know, to that support, right? And let them know, like, look, I'm a, I'm a band with you. We're gonna get through this together. You know what I mean? And, and like, um, and sometimes it, some people may need that, you know, and because oh, this thing called life is never easy it's it's always yeah. tough um and it's it's a sad situation my prayers to the to that family um, you know and i just hope that she's when she's able to during her grief process she can get to a place of focusing fit, you know on her own healing right cuz to have this happen right after she just did that movie you know uh the harder they fall you know and it's and who knows what other things she's working on, you know, that can be devastating. You know, um, the hardest thing, you know, I remember hearing a mother cry at her son's funeral and that to this day is still, you know, heart shattering. So, you know, I just, like I said, I keep her family and anyone else who's suffering, you know, uh, or have suicidal ideation or self harm, you know, to just keep them in prayer and to, encourage them to or if you know someone to encourage them to utilize these resources. You know, I think it's great that you just yeah. put out the number as well. You know, um we can't just say, oh i keep you in prayer. Nah I'm gonna call somebody for you ass too. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you, know, you don't want to work well, I'm gonna work for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I agree. I uh totally agree. I think uh well I think the situation is very fortunate Um and the reason why I say that is because I don't, I don't know too much of the story. I don't know what the young man was going through, but uh, clearly he felt that he was alone, and clearly he felt that um, whatever that it was was bad enough to end it for himself by ending his life. Um, I don't take suicide lightly, and the reason why is because um, so I never, I'm I'm never going to say um that it couldn't happen to me meaning who's to say if there was something that happened in my life that was so bad that in that moment um I would be strong enough to handle it and I think that's what people need to understand so when they hear about suicide and they you know they hear the hotline number it's like okay you know and it's something that we generally hear about and move past but I think people don't really understand that it can actually you know happen to you, like you could be a part of that move, or someone that you know could be a part of that, and I think um, we kind of take we we don't really recognize that it could happen to someone that we know as well, or even us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really do think. Thank you
1: you. buffer in, Carter. Well, I I think um, until he comes back, I think. With suicide, there's no like oh, it's gonna happen to this person or it only happens to rich people. It only happens to homeless yeah. people. It only happens to youth um there's young adults who suffer from it there's um you know celebrities you know who you know there's no oh we're gonna decide who you know who is impacted by it or who who suffers from it or anything like that. It's just you never know what's gonna happen. And the best thing to do is just always, like you said, continuously checking in um, yeah. on people because uh, everyone's going through something. Yeah. Car- uh, Carter,
0: you want to finish what you want to think? Uh, Carter? I'm sorry. Um,
2: yeah, I just, fortunately, I think that um, it's, it's kind of like you don't, you can never place a feeling or emotion a true emotion on it until you actually, you know, experience something like that within you or someone that's close to you. Um, I was going to say that I have experienced something like that. I'm not, you know, suicide, but the act of trying to commit suicide with someone that I knew that was, and they were attempting to use substance pills. And never, so that moment changed my outlook on suicide because before that, it was unfortunate, but me being able to experience that with someone that was close to me, changed my whole idea of how important it is. And even going back to what your first important mental health, um, so all of it kind of ties together because mental health is a fact of suicide. So yeah, it's, it's something that's very unfortunate.
0: Yes, it's it's crazy like uh, Dr. Brown was saying that, you know, it can happen to anybody. And, like, one of my friends, Dante, um, I always, like, I do, like, this End of the Silence program with Nami, where I talk to, whether it's in person or it's, like, virtual, it's, like, talk to a class, student, students and everything. So, um, about mental health. So, I always put him in my project. He was, like, you know, openly gay cop in Philadelphia. Um, did, like, a lot for, like, the you know, gay teens that was getting put out of their house by their parents, like, the homeless shelter. He did a lot. Real cool person. You know, was engaged and everything you would think that he had it all going on and like he was doing good but you know he might up taking his life. you know I, it, like I never thought I'd cry with a friend death, but like it, I like I cried I was like I couldn't believe that somebody that saved me when I went to kill myself that's somebody that saved me and talked me off the ledge and to think that he was struggling in silence and didn't, didn't talk to nobody it's like it's sad. you know that's all like I always tell people make sure you check up on everybody make sure you check up on people you just never know. What somebody's going through you never know what kind of day or week or month they've been having checking in is always good um and going to the next part you know we're gonna get off of suicide we're gonna go into some coping stuff um i i can say that um dr brown you teach right you teach right
1: um a little bit yeah <laughs> okay. I, okay. I i so, dabble in a lot of things so it, that's, a, that's what's the uh, main bar-
0: thing that you do what's the main thing that you do
1: So right now, I'm a director um, in L.A. at a, I don't know if you're familiar with Friends L.A., so it provides mentorship for foster kids, kids. and so I'm a director of a program called FRP within L.A., where it's providing mentorship for young Black foster kids, and so I'm director of that program. Um, I teach a diversion program. So in L.A., uh, specifically in the Culver City area, working with Culver City Police Department, um, a diversion program is where the city created this to help divert young youth from being incarcerated. So if, say, a youth is caught doing something like stealing or anything like that, then instead of sending them to jail, they send them to the diversion program where they come sit with me. And so with me, I try to teach them different skills about self-awareness, right? Focusing on emotional intelligence, who they are in different situations, because a lot of youth in our communities, we don't know who we are, right? I asked the kid, uh, well, hey, let's talk about what defines you. And he, his, que- his answer was, I don't even know who I am right and I said well let's focus on that right let's try to build your core values right didn't even know what that was so I said well we got some work to do brother because we're gonna get you there and then um to even get him to even change his own narrative and have a paradigm shift he at the beginning of the class was calling himself the n-word right and then he even said it oh I'm dumb I'm like well if you tell it you just called yourself a dumbass nigga and I'm like I don't, associate, I don't subscribe to that narrative for you, yeah. right? And so I challenged him, and by the end of the night, he was calling himself king and referring to everyone else as king. So uh-huh. it's changing, working with youth and changing their yeah. paradigms in that way. I do a lot of life coaching um, and executive coaching. Um, more so I do some life coaching and focusing on black men's mental health Um yeah not a therapist. I don't ever claim to be, but I do encourage people to go to therapy. And I have a lot of therapist friends uh, who are great at what they do. And I even go to therapy myself. I go to individually and couples therapy with me and my wife. But I do uh, life coaching. It's very parallel. Um, But I like to tell men who don't go to therapy because the stigma is we don't go to therapy, that if your favorite favorite athlete can have a coach and so can you. Right, And I utilize the tools and techniques that I've learned within from the therapeutic field because I've worked in that field for the last, I want to say, almost 15 years, over 15 years. Um, I apply that into my life coaching um, techniques, things like that. So it's a little bit of a, what I do. In a you nutshell. Um, so, you know, I teach some people on how to work on themselves, bar so, trying to help create more emotionally intelligent black men. Yes. Thank you for that. If anybody need any coaching, don't hit up Dr.
0: Brown. <laughs> you know, he's here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Carter, I know, you know, I know what you do and everything. Um, tell everybody what you do and, like, how art is therapy for you. You know, what you do.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm a creative. Um, my wife and I own a performing arts school located in the northeast part of Philadelphia. Um, so we do lessons, voice lessons, guitar, piano, every instrument you can probably think of. We some instruments this summer as well. Um, we also do artist development, summer camp here for the kids. Uh, we have a before and after club. Um, and then my end of everything is the creative part, which is not only am I a songwriter, um, yeah, jukebox. Uh, so not it's only the singer am I... too. Yes, yeah, singer songwriter. Uh, I do creative branding and development. So, artists, small brands, and businesses, um, all things creative. I am so pretty much where it ties in with art and therapy. Like, even we implement the number one rule here is confidence. So, everyone that walks through this door is going to leave out the door feeling confident about who they are. They're not feeling confident about themselves. That's just not, it's, it's centered around so many different avenues in the art that we promote and our job is trying to create that lane within the city and cities to come, um, you know, just exactly we the magic of the performance for your mental health, for who you are as a person, for your career, for your life, just for feeling free. Um, and I think all of it kind of ties into mental health simply because a lot of things, especially with men, start with the idea of them not being able to be themselves. And I say that because people, and again, men, and specifically black men, we kind of, we get amongst our community and mm-hmm. we feel like if we aren't a certain way, we won't be accepted. Or we won't pull, cool, we won't be I made up my mind that before I even got on this live that I was gonna be 100% myself. I was gonna come on here and snap back. And I was gonna talk everything that I, and say everything that I wanted to say. I wasn't gonna try to be anybody else. And all of that, and that came with time, but all of that is a part of knowing who I am, knowing who I am within myself, only amongst my peers, but knowing who I am and who God made me to be. So when God was intentional when he made me, and who am I to subtract from that? So I think mental health is tied into being able to know who you are and who you are. If you don't rock with me, then that means that you're just not me. And then there will be a whole 10 times more who will because, you know, they know God created me to be. So I tie that back into the art, saying that I, I am art. I am all about art. I am creative. Um, everything in my life is probably creative. My, my wife is probably tired of me because I always wanted to be the creative way, and she sometimes likes it to be practical. <laughs> and nothing about me is pretty practical. Uh, so it's, it's something...
0: Learn to love and accept uh, about myself and who God made me to be, you know. My thing is hard. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to um, the Jukebox Philly. Anybody ever need anything? <laughs> hit up Dika and Carter. They got you. You know, amazing um, couple amazing people. And support them, you know. support. We got to support our black businesses and black people that's doing things. Um, my last question for you two was actually y'all both can answer. you will start with um, Carter first and then Dr. Brown. You know, you guys are both married. How is it important to have your mental health in check to be there for your family? How important that is?
2: Um, well, because, I mean, I think it's... I think there's a spiritual side of it. You know, just the whole, the idea of the man family and you being in the best condition mentally um, for your family. So I think like the the way that God intended for it to be, um, you you know, it's as I seek my wife, you know, where I find my wife and then... me spiritually um even physically mentally emotionally you know i manage me i consult with, with god and in, in here is in my family and so i think being in the best condition in the um is number one i mean or number two next to god um, so In order, before I make decisions off of things, off of situations that I'm not um, sure of, that I haven't consulted with, all of that ties to. So, yeah. Thank you, man.
0: Thank you.
1: Um, that's interesting. I think it's very important. Um, I think he hit the nail on the head. Like you are. You are definitely the, the nucleus, right, of your family. You you hold it together. You are the leader, and so if you are not taking care of yourself, then how can you know you can't throw stones from a glass house, right? And so it's like you have to walk within as a male, and as a man, you have to walk within your purpose, right? And you have to be strong within it. And any man who's married your your wife chose you because you she sees that purpose and she sees you as you walk with your head held up high and there's and there's nothing wrong with um transparency and hey this is what's going on but also hey this is what i'm going to fix it right and so you come at it with a solution And awesome sometimes you can ask you you allow them to be a part of that process too if they have ideas of it and that's just that. And I learned that within therapy myself. And that's a form of intimacy, right? As black men, we're not taught about intimacy, right? And so when I looked at it, intimacy, into me, I see, right? And so it's like, you know, allowing yourself and your significant other to look within you um, so so that you guys can grow and to become better suited for within your purpose, right? It's knowing my purpose, allowing and then helping my wife find her purpose, and then we have a purpose as a whole, as our family. Right? I can't help her. She I can't find her purpose for her. But because I'm finding my own purpose and then she's finding her purpose, then we have one together, and all of that is in alignment with what God wants for us. Right. And so it's it's just creating our own narrative and changing the dynamics from it. But it's allowing ourselves to be um transparent and intimate and having those hard conversations that, you know, we don't want to have are doing check-ins, right. And, you know, there's times where it's like, Hey, I noticed you a little off right now. Everything. Okay. Or just knowing body language. Like, Hey, um, I know you need a little bit of space. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go downstairs for a little bit, you know, and, and being okay with that and then checking in and Hey, let's talk about it. What's going on. Or, Hey, are you still mad? Okay, cool. Let's, let's have a chat. And, and for us, um, you know, shout out to my wife. I know she's on here right now, but um, the biggest thing is we look at the problem as its own entity. It's not my problem or her problem. It's us versus the problem, right? And, hey, there's a problem. We need to combat this together, right? And because we're together through God. Plus, <laughs> shout out to uh, one of my big <laughs> brothers. Uh, you got to have a date night. <laughs> you know me he's, he's really big on uh, uh, making sure you and he he's a preacher of that whatever you do to get your wife you do continue to keep your wife right you keep wow. that consistency and so um consistency is key right and um and it's that it's it's offense <laughs> you know what i mean it's that often <laughs> to making sure you you doing what it is to to make sure that um he's a huge component that you know making sure his wife doesn't ask for for anything Right, and just being the the core strength for his family. Shout out to your wives, both your wives.
0: Shout out to them. um, I got two more questions and we'll be done, guys. I just want to ask, what do you say to somebody that's struggling with their mental health? You know, um, like I, I struggle, but I'm also like a peer facilitator. But, you know, sometimes I know that I can't always be different people. I gotta, have, I gotta get, or how can you say it? I can't always pour into people. People need to, I need to have people pouring into me. So, like, what do you guys say to those people? You know, it could be your son, you know, a friend or somebody that's struggling. What do you say to them? To, like, what do you say to help them get on a, the path to get themselves and you know, and check, you know? And we'll start with um, Dr. Brown.
1: Um, I'll say the biggest thing is that I let people know and I, I start off every thing with this it's okay to not be okay right now right yes. and it's it's giving yourself that time and that space to to do a, a self inventory right and so acknowledge like hey like what's going on with me you know maybe I need some time right now cuz I need to address some of these things cuz we're good for preaching and sometimes the practice part is where we struggle at, right? And so it's it's making sure that especially in this field, you're always pouring into others, right? And you can't pour from an empty cup. And so a lot a lot of times it's just like with a cell phone, right? If you don't charge if you don't charge it, then you're not being able to use it. It's not it's not gonna be good. Same with your car. If you don't put gas in it, then it's not gonna be able to go. And so the same with our mental health, if we don't recharge and we don't take that time to to pour into it, to fill it back up, uh, whether that's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, uh, physically. Some people go to the gym. Some people take time to read, you know, um, maybe pray, you know, whatever, whatever helps you stay grounded, you know. Um, give yourself that time and also give yourself that space and permission to say, hey, you know what? It's okay that I'm not okay right now. And I'm okay with that. And I need to sit down for a bit. And let me get myself back to square one, right? Let me get myself grounded. Um, and maybe that's some closing your eyes and doing some meditation, some mindfulness, doing some self-checks, like, hey, what's going on with me? Um, and then and, and giving yourself that space. Some good stuff. Thank you.
2: Yeah, man. Um, I agree. Uh, I think that there's – and I guess I, I'm going to just speak directly to the people that are struggling with mental health. Because there's a lot of times that, um, you know, people who've dealt with that or even dealing with that now, they've experienced things and they hear different things from people. But for the people that are like laying in their bed and crying themselves to sleep, like to the people that are literally losing their mind, there, when I was in the state, so much like you, too, I was diagnosed um, with PTSD as well. But I, people will drive you crazy. And when I say that, I mean it. Like, if you let them, people will drive you crazy. And there comes a time when you um, are begging God or begging whoever it is that you believe in um, to take away the pain that caused you there, that caused you to get like that. Like, when you're literally like, I don't want it no more. Like, it's literally driving me crazy. It has driven me to the point where I'm depressed. I'm unhappy. I can't have friends because I think everybody's out to get me. Um, I can't be around people. I can't be around crowds. I cry myself to sleep every night. Like, I'm ready to kill myself. Like, it's literally to the point where you're begging God or whoever that can help you to take it away from you or show you how. Um, to me, I feel like if you're at that point... You're on the right track, and the reason why I said it because when you get tired of being tired of your of your stuff or yourself, you're willing to get yourself out of it. the The good part and the bad part of it. So people, there's two sides of the coin. S22. I believe that no one's going to come and save you. The truth of the matter is, no one's going to come, and save you. but the great part about it is, no one's going to save you. So I think when when you get tired of being in that space, um, and you know you're going through therapy, I, I'm an advocate for therapy. I'm an advocate for prescription drugs if you need if it's necessary for you. But you're you're in that place when you're in that place and you're tired of your own you know just being in that place and your own stuff or being sick. Um, you'll do the necessary things to get yourself healthy. And I think for anybody that's dealing with that, um, if you're at that, then just keep going, just keep going. Because I can tell you that I've been at that place and I kept going. Um, yeah. So that's what I feel about.
0: It's, it's so crazy that you said that, right? Cause like, I feel like, <laughs> like I'm going to do that too, right? So, um, like. The whole PTSD, the borderline person, it's just like, you just be like, you begging God, like, you know, just take it away. Like, <laughs> like I understand it, you know. Um, I know Carter for like a long time, right? So <laughs> I want to share something. Um, Like Carter, like, you know, I still think he should still, I think, are you still performing or not? You know, he sings and stuff like that. So like, I would never go to like some events that he would have, I wouldn't go to because of my anxiety, my PTSD. I'd be like, I don't want to go. Because, you know, I'm just thinking, like, these people really like me and stuff like that. I think for a long time, I told Carter recently, like, I told you I was like, I never thought Carter, like, <laughs> you know, liked me or whatever like that. But, you know, like, we go through these mental health things where it's just in your head and stuff like that. You know, it like, it robs you from a lot of stuff that you want to do. Like, I look at my friends now, and I'd be like, you know, they hanging out with my friends. I'm like, they hanging out with their friends. Like, I would never have that. Like, because of the whole sexual abuse thing, I'm thinking, like, I would never have male friendships that's successful. You know like. Like successful meaning like as in like I won't be the problem because most of the times like you know when people that struggle with mental they feel like they're the problem they feel like they're a burden they feel like it's just going they're gonna be stuck with you know with that like burden for like a long time you know I feel like like I like I hope one day that I can have better male friendships not saying that my friends are bad the male friends it's just me it's just like I was something it's me it's nobody else it's just the shit that's out of my head like. Like, I be mean, like, I guess sometimes I, like, make up stuff in my head and that stuff that's going on. This person don't like me, this person. Like you said, Carter, like, like, Lord, like, sometimes I've been in that position where I said, Lord, just take it away, you know. It's not my fault that, you know, I was molested. It's not my fault that I got this depression. It's not my fault I got anxiety. And the crazy thing is, I don't know how I got anxiety. That's something new because I'm a social butterfly. Like, I could say I could go into a room and just own it. But, like, nowadays, no, not at all. So, like, I agree exactly what you said, Carter. Like, I agree, man. That is... I've been there.
2: <laughs> thank well, no. God
0: they like, take it away. I remember one time every day, I was just so mad about like, like, like a couple weeks ago. I was at my friend's house and um, I was like, Lord, just take me now. And he was like, No, Lord, don't take him. It's <laughs> <So>, like, it's <laughs> just like some stuff come and go, you know? And I thank you for sharing that, card. I thank you for sharing mm-hmm. you know? And the last question of the night, guys, I want to ask you guys in the past couple of years, What's the most What's the most important thing that you learned about your mental health or just mental health period? We'll start with Carter and, and with Doctor Brown.
2: So, what was the question? You said, "What What did I learn?"
0: Was the most important thing you learned about your mental health or just mental health
2: period? Uh, that people, people, uh, and I say that because um, a lot of my mental health issues came from what people thought what I thought they thought, uh, the things that they did think and how I let it affect me. Um, And even my wife, you know, she's, she experienced that too. And it was something that we allow people to determine so much for ourselves. And like I said, if you let them, they will drive you crazy. Like sometimes people can put you in that state of depression and because you've become so consumed about them and what they think and what they did to you and how much you're harboring because of what they think and what they say, you know. Um, so yeah, I'd say I've learned to not allow people to, to drive me crazy and to determine anything for me in my life, in my family, in my wife. Um, I've learned that and the pe- the other people should do the same thing. Um, yeah so I think that just was a lesson for me. It was just something that i that I took me a long time man It took me a long time to learn it it took me a long time to even put myself first or even be so secure in who God made me to be um that all of that changed once I accepted and learned who I was and who I was in, in God and who He made me to be, everything else came naturally all you gotta do is keep walking and just understand that you know who you are isn't shouldn't be affected by people what people think because if so it'll drive So yeah man
1: thank you carter dr brown um i think the biggest thing i've learned is that um again like i said it's okay to not be okay
0: yeah
1: um we only have one life right to live and, and, you know, Lord knows what, what next and the, and the after <laughs> for us. But I like to tell people like um, life is God's gift to us and how we live our life is our gift to God. So what are you doing with that gift? Right. And, and with that, does not mean that there's not going to be obstacles, right. And to continue to grow through them, not just go through them. Right. And always be open. Right. Because the most the worst thing to have in this world is a closed mind, because once the mind learn, once the mind grows, it can never go back. And so to continue to keep allowing myself to be open um, to new experiences, new learning opportunities, new um, information and how to utilize that for myself as much as be um, a beacon for others. Right. I feel like we're all. Agents of change, right? And how you carry yourself and, and what you represent. Um, you know, you preach to the masses, right? Um, and some of us, you know, everyone has their own cross to bear, right? Everyone has their own um, things that they're their own gifts to reach out into to bless the world with. And so, um, like Carter's music, right? It's awesome, um, and. And, you know, using my gifts and my talents to help create change. Uh, My biggest thing is amongst young adults, young black men, um, because we suffer from so much in life and to be that positive role model that they, a lot of us or a lot of them have never had. And so that they can go forth and create more change. And so it's just being that, um, that example. In, and how to continue to spread that light and that energy
0: thank you. and vibrate
1: thank you. you know <laughs> vibrate yeah. at
0: higher uh, you know frequency yeah thank you so much I would like to say that um what I learned about my mental health is that you know like Dr. Brown said it's okay not to be okay you know I used to say it but I didn't believe it but now I'm like more open about how I feel you know if I'm feeling suicidal, I'll hit a friend up say, I'm not feeling this. I'm feeling this way, you know. I'm more open because I used to never, I used to hide everything in and not say nothing. So I guess that was like real bad because we hold everything in, you just bust out and everything. So I'm, you know, doing that, you know, I learned that um, during mental health journey that everybody won't be a part of that journey. And I know, like, y'all can test to it. I know, Cardi, you can test that not all your friends that you started off with will be there, you know. And some people that God will remove, and you have to be okay with that. Like, when I started going back to church like three years ago, some, so I don't forget the pastor, he said, When you walk on your journey with God, you're gonna lose a lot of friends. I was like, I ain't gonna never lose a lot of friends, but you know, it happened, you know, people, (laughs) it happened, you know, just make sure, you know, once, you know, I learned to make sure that you had the right people and the people that's gonna fight with you, you know, you can get on in there and push them away. I have a friend that I push away a lot, and he's still rocking with me and stuff like that. That's a real friend, you know, make sure you got them friends that's gonna. You know, be there for you. Check you when you're right or wrong. You know, and you know, I just want to thank you, your bro- you brothers for coming on here just to a talk about mental health. You know, um, we're going to end it off with um saying, what do you guys got coming up next? You know, I want to like promote y'all. You know, promote what y'all doing. You know, let's we'll start with um Dr. Brown and Ricardo. You know, what's going on next with you guys? Tell those viewers.
1: Um, like I said, um, I just took on this project um as a director of um helping provide mentorship to young adolescent, um, black male youth in foster care, you know, they're the last ones to get um, adopted. And so that impact, and then once you age out of foster care, you, you have nowhere else to go. So then the homeless population increases. And so that impacts their mental health as well. So it's, it's creating and building something big to help change that narrative um, I was just featured in an article I posted on my page uh, from Shoutout LA um, in regards to some of the work and just some of my history and my experiences that I'm doing. Um, you know, I also with MK Circle, doing executive coaching, trying to help create more thought leaders uh, within organizations that go out into the world, um, and then continue to just just live in my purpose. Right, I, I think when Chadwick Boseman passed away, it was big for me because um he spoke about purpose uh and ever since then i've always tried to do things that align within my purpose but first figure out what is my purpose right have those conversations and, and sometimes it's ever changing and ever growing and redefining it every time after time and then also including my wife in that conversation as well and continue to grow for go go and grow together um in the way god sees for us so that's it for me thank you man
2: Man. Great Carter. Man. Um so and Carter, you know, just continuing to try to grow the brand, um, while I assist other brands grow. So any type of creative writing, brand development, small businesses, brands, I am continuing to elevate. I am not just uh subjected to music. I actually just did a trucking company. So um, doesn't, you know, make all. Big doesn't make a difference. Um, just continue trying trying to grow the brand. Also, uh, the jukebox, we have a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, we have we're getting ready to kick off our second year for our summer camp. Um, so we're taking registration soon, you know. Also, trying to, of course, grow the business. Um, for anyone in the Philadelphia uh, area, we are located at 53 large go so way are off of uh Oxford Circle. Look at my wife in there telling me trying to run down my credentials. <laughs> just, um yes. So and um, my son and I were actually getting ready to launch a um YouTube channel. So that should be fun. Or mm-hmm. like gray. So with a So look out man, just trying to keep it creative. Keep it keep you know, keeping the magic of the performing arts. Around the city, everywhere. So yeah, man. Yeah um, And hopefully more conversations about mental health. Yeah,
0: that's that's good. Thank you. Thank you guys for being there Um anybody need like, you know, coaching, you know, anybody you know, hit up Dr. Brown, he got you. Um Carter with the creative, you know, hopefully Carter releases an album. I'm still waiting, but you know, he got the creative. Him and his wife are adult business owners, they they not the place that they have they are dope. You know, I've seen like, you know, firsthand, you know, moving to the June team, I saw y'all, you know, which I was working with. And for see them start from where they started from and where they are now, like it's so dope. You know, don't you do y'all even still got the um we y'all watch the kids for the parents? You y'all still got that or no?
2: Parents no. Night Out? Yeah. yeah. Got we got <laughs> Parents Night Out where you could drop your kids off. We take care of them. We babysit. <laughs> and um <laughs> and games it's it's just fun. We got pizza, juice, movies, everything. So yeah, man, we'll be we'll be circling that back around pretty soon. All right. Um like I said again, thank you guys tonight.
0: Everybody um that's watching this video, that's doing a live or watching the uh um, replay. Thank you. Uh, thank you gentlemen for being here. You know, thank you guys for being here coming out. Yeah, thanks. No problem, yes. thanks have, a- a- no problem. have a great night. All right. You too, right, bro. Take care.